Lord, we are so thankful to be able to be here together, to come together in unity. Lord, we thank you that it is your will for healing in our lives. And Holy Spirit, we just invite you in to move in ways in our hearts and our lives, in ways that only you can move, Lord. We open up our minds to be able to receive the messages that are here today. And we just, uh, just pray that it would go deep into our, our lives, that it would go, um, that it would heal our bodies, Lord. Thank you that salvation is available for us. We thank you that healing is as well. Thank you that everything we need in, in, our, in this life is, a bit, is available through you. And thank you for your great love for us, Lord. Thank you that you made a way that we might know you. Thank you for dying on the cross for us, Lord. Thank you that we can live in relationship with you. Lord, you know every part of our lives. You know every single part of every single person here. Their makeup, where they've been, their DNA. And Lord, we take on your DNA right now, the DNA of Christ, as believers in you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, it is great to be here. I am going to start us off this morning, and Chris is going to come and follow us up in a little bit. And we, so this, I want to start off talking about the power of God's love and how, and really talking about the authority we have in Christ. Chris is going to be bringing a bit of a different message about faith and unbelief, but I just wanted to... Um, to start out, asking you a question, do you know that healing is part of God's love for you? Do you ever find it difficult to believe that God wants you well? I think in our walks, we've all been at places where, where we, we, we believe that, we know it, but then when symptoms come, it's easy to be thrown off our tracks. But we're so thankful for the word of God, and it's so important for to have that biblical basis. And that's what healing school is all about, so that we can know what the Bible says, that we can be rooted and grounded in Christ, and that we can walk every day knowing the power uh, of Christ in our, in our, through our lives. When we know that the same power that rose Christ from the dead lives in us, it changes the way we do things. It changes the way we think. It changes the way... When things hit us, when, we, when symptoms come against us or, or thoughts, it's, it, it provides a way, the Bible provides a way for us to know God's truth and to walk in biblical truth in our lives and proclaim that over our, our lives, spirit, soul, and body. I'm so thankful for being able to hear this, these messages and to be able to taught, be taught in this way. And I'm so thankful to be a part of a church that allows us to teach this way. And I'm so thankful for, uh, for this room here to be able to come together as a body of believers because I believe that God is doing something in healing school and that he wants to do more, that we are going to see more and more healings through what we're doing. In Jesus' name. Well, we have all found people or know people who have suffered through and endured sickness and pain. But again, we know that we don't come to the decision that God must have allowed it to happen, or possibly worse, that he caused it, right? Because nothing could be further from the truth. Because when we really know this, what Scripture says and what the Bible says about it, and the authority that we have in Christ, we get to walk in that different way. Matthew, I'm just going to read two scriptures to start out. Matthew 8, verse 16 and 17, uh, describes when evening had come, they brought to Jesus many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with a word and healed all who were sick, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, he himself took our, infir our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. And then 1 Peter 2, 24 says, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we, having died to sins, might live 
for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. I am so thankful that these scriptures are in the Bible, both from the New Testament, (laughs) that we know that Jesus went to the cross. We have a cross here this morning to be able to die for our sins. But we can't get around that scripture. We can't manipulate scripture or cut it out or take it out that it actually says that he died by whose stripes we were healed. Amen? So these are just two scriptures that clearly indicate that it's God, God's will to heal us. And they assure us that healing has been accomplished by the work of what Jesus, the, 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 the rooted in the atonement of Jesus Christ. And one of the most important things that God has, has shown me is that God has already placed his healing power within us. And now it's under our authority. It isn't up to God to determine who receives healing. It's up to us. Amen? Just like in that video, in that testimony that we watched. That girl had been sick for a while, but once she learned the truth that had, has always been before she was even born... Before she got sick, she spent years in that. But once she really learned about that and got that in her, she was healed from it. She knew that she could stand up and and step into that place of healing, that it was God's will to heal, that she didn't have to stay that way. And we all have battles in our life. doesn't matter who you are. We all will need we, we need to get know the word of God in our lives so that we can walk this out in our lives so that when things come against us, we can come together without any condemnation. I spoke about that a couple months ago because not being condemned by this or this or this, but knowing, you know what, this is what Jesus has taught us and we're going to step into this and we're going to walk that out. God has placed his healing power in us and now it's under our authority. Sometimes it's our failure to understand the authority that we have in keeping healing power from flowing as it should. And we need to discover what we have to learn to help realize it. And I encourage you, uh, there's many books on the believer's authority. Fantastic books. One of the uh, first books I read on that was from Kenneth E. Hagin. And and from the video that we saw just a, a few minutes ago, Andrew Womack has a fantastic book called The Believer's Authority as well. I encourage you all to get it. We know that as Christians, we believe, we, many Christians don't believe that it's God's will to heal. Some might say, well, this is, this is something that, you know, that we need, you know, maybe God put it on us. But they might, but, but in another turn, they, they might say, well, we, you know, just like, just like we prayed in this, in this service, if you were at, that, if, at our last church service, the Lord's Prayer, where we, where we pray, Lord, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Do you think that sickness is in heaven? Are we allowed to pray, Lord, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, when it comes to health? We are, absolutely. Isn't that amazing? I wanted to point out that in the New Testament, there are approximately 19 cases of individuals being healed in the gospel accounts. So that's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Now, depending on how you count them, there are way more than that. (laughs) There are several places where it says that multitudes were healed. There are places where it says, um, yeah, all of them were healed. Everyone was healed that came to Jesus. And in 10 out of the 19 cases, the individual's faith was specifically referenced just like this. Now, more than the 10, there were other six other cases out of, out of the 19 that you can see there, the people's faith. It doesn't say your faith made you, it says your, it doesn't say your faith made you whole, but you can see it. Do you, do you know what I'm saying? Now, Chris is going to talk on faith. I'm not going to steal his thunder, but I do want to say that faith doesn't create healing just like it doesn't create salvation. It receives it because it's always been around. Faith receives. The power for salvation is always there. 
until I became, came of the knowledge of what it was, that power became available and real to me. And it wasn't weird. It was simply receiving it. It was saying, you know what, Jesus, come into my life. I receive you. I believe that you are all the, the all-powerful one. I believe that you took my sins. And I was able to walk away a different person. And I was made new in my spirit. And the exact same thing is what the Bible says about healing. That power became available because Jesus took the beatings for us. By his stripes, we are healed. God's will is healing always. What's the devil's will? The devil's will is to steal, to kill, and destroy. And many times, the devil wants to alter people's vision of what this is. I remember... um, there was a horrible situation when I was working at my last church, and, and um, the, the pastor I was working with, the lead pastor, he went to do a, a hospital call, um, and it was, it was to one of my wife's friends, and she, she was in the hospital, and, um, and she had family all around, and he walked into the hospital room, and she said, excuse me, you can leave now. I don't want anything to do with what you have to say. Because that was her perspective on God. And a friend of Danielle's, who was at the hospital at the time, called me. And I was at home on my own before Danielle got home. And she was just looking for Danielle. And she's like, oh, she told me. All, she, she wanted to. She wasn't a believer. And she wanted to tell me all about this situation. She wanted to throw it in my face is what she wanted to do. She basically said, yeah, you know what? We don't want God now. Why couldn't God help us before? And I actually, the way I responded was, I'm like, you know what? Absolutely, I hear what you're saying. I said, that had nothing to do with God. That was, the, the Bible says that the devil has come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And unfortunately, he did that in this situation. That's what the devil does. But don't blame God. If anything, turn to him. Run to him knowing that he is our salvation. He is our deliverance in everything and all things. He is good. If we truly believe this, it starts changing our perspective. Does he want people not to get saved and to, if I may say, go to hell? (laughs) Absolutely not. It's his will that all are saved. And that's why he's provided a way for healing. For, for salvation. But healing is the exact same. We receive it the exact same. It's God's will. God's heart in that. Some people say, oh, well, that was Jesus. Jesus went around healing. But actually, his disciples, and not just the, not just the disciples there, it went on for generations. And it still happens today. In today, everyday believers that decide to walk in faith and receive God's healing in their lives. It's a new way of thinking for, me, for many of us. Think about this. If you're standing there looking at Jesus being nailed to the cross and raised up, and he's bleeding, and you look and ask, is it your will for me to be saved? I just don't know, Lord. What do you think he's going to say? We know already that it's his will to be, to be saved. And it's the same to be healed. He was tied to the whipping post. And it says he was scourged. Now when you look up scourged, it says many different descriptive words. It means whipped, punished, punished, uh, punishment. A cause of great affliction. And it means uh, something that they did with a whip to pierce the skin. And that is what Jesus did. For, for our healing. Now what Jesus has provided by the grace, he took our place. It must be received by faith. We must simply receive it by faith. It's that easy. And we're so thankful that it is that easy. 
Isaiah 53 says, by his wounds we are healed. Everyone in the Old Testament that was healed, it was on the basis of what Jesus would do. In the New Testament, when you read it in 1 Peter 2.20 where it says you have been healed, it's because Jesus has already, had already provided it and has already provided it for us. Now, I want to read I want to read from Acts chapter 22. Because I love this. <laughs> if you want to turn with me, Acts chapter 22. And this is talking about Paul, the Roman citizen. It says, the crowd listened to Paul until he said this. So he was preaching to this crowd. And he said, they raised their their voices and shouted, rid the earth of him. He is not fit to live. As they were shouting and throwing off their cloaks and flinging dust in the air, the commander ordered Paul to be taken into the barracks. He directed that he be flogged and questioned in order to find out why the people were shouting at him like this. As they stretched him out to flog him, Paul said to the centurion standing there, is it legal for you to flog a Roman citizen who, has, who has, hasn't even been found guilty? When the centurion heard this, he went to the commander and reported it. What are you going to do, he asked. This man is a Roman citizen. The commander went to Paul and asked, Tell me, are you a Roman citizen? Yes, I am, he answered. Then the commander said, I had to pay a big price for my citizenship. I was born a citizen, Paul replied. Those who were about to question him withdrew immediately. The commander himself was alarmed when he realized that he had put Paul, a Roman citizen, in chains. Isn't that an interesting story? Now, Paul was preaching in a particular place as frequently as that happened. This riot starts out. And then they decide to take him. They ask him questions. They're about to beat him. He may live, he may not. Paul, the apostle, the preacher, in verse 25, says, as they bound him with with throngs. So I want you to picture this. The trying. They're, they're, they're tying him to the post just like they did Jesus. When they tied Jesus to the post, what did he say? In Isaiah 53, 7, it says, he opened not his mouth. Because that's what was, that's even what that was prophesied in the Old Testament. Now they're, try, they're tying Paul to the post. What do you think Paul ought to do? Do you think he should keep his mouth shut? Absolutely not. Paul said, hey, hey, is it legal to beat a Roman citizen who is not convicted and found guilty of a crime? He says, is it legal? They knew it wasn't legal. He opened his mouth. Don't you know that Paul was glad that he knew his rights that day? Instead of getting what they, getting beaten, he opened his mouth and he said, no, it is my right I was born this way. You have nothing on me. And you ha- he knew that they had to let him go. If anything, some of those people, I bet f- when, when he said that, they were, they were afraid. Fear struck in them that they went to their commander and said, do you know that he is a Roman? I bet they're whispering. We are going to get in a lot of trouble 
we might die ourselves if we kill this man. And praise the Lord, it is the exact same way with our sickness. When we are citizens of heaven, we have a right to healing because it's ours. We have a right to salvation because it's ours. Why? Because Jesus took our place. All of us have gone astray. All of us deserve death. All of us deserve the cross. But Jesus took our place. And it is because what he did on the cross that we can receive salvation, that free gift of grace. And it is because of the beatings that Jesus took, he took our place because of the love he had for us that we get to say, by the power of Jesus' name, I am healed. So if there is any kind of sickness on you right now, I speak healing by the power of Jesus' name because of what Jesus already has done. He has paid for it. So I welcome you to receive it right now. That free gift by the love of God. He doesn't want you to wait anymore. Everyone say, thank you, Jesus, that it is your will to be healed. In Jesus' name. Today I'm going to be talking about faith and unbelief. And the reason why I want to talk about this is I always talk about faith because I love it. But the, the, the exact opposite of faith is unbelief. Amen? See, unbelief is actually believing in something. See, unbelief isn't not believing. Unbelief is actually believing in something other than what God has said about the situation. Okay? So we can believe in something that's not true. That's unbelief. It's belief in something that's not true. See, you can, believe in Jesus, you can believe that Jesus was raised from the dead. You can believe he is your Lord. You can believe he is coming soon. But if you don't believe and do what he says, you are operating in unbelief. See, I can pray for health, but don't believe that I'm going to actually... See, oh, it was great that you know, he received his healing, but ah, it's not for me. See, that's operating in unbelief, right? Because God said that you're healed. Amen? Amen. See, the Bible calls that an evil heart or a hardened heart. Hebrews 3.12 says, Take heed, brethren, lest there be any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. See, there, there can be belief and unbelief present at the same time. There can be faith and unbelief present at the same time. And I'll get to this. It's not a matter of having enough faith because Lord knows, and, 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 and I'm going to take a guess right now, that most of you know that, that you know that the Bible says that if you have faith as a mustard seed, you can move mountains. So it's not a matter of how much faith you have because you have it all. Jesus gave it to you all. When you said, Jesus, come into my heart, you received it all. Amen? So it's not a matter about having enough faith, but as it is, is having unbelief. Because sometimes it's possible to have faith and unbelief present at the same time. Right? I, I have faith to move mountains. I do. But what happens when that mountain doesn't move? Oh, I got faith for healing, but what if in front of me it doesn't happen? Now that's where unbelief wants to creep in. Well, now what am I going to believe? Am I going to believe God's word is true or am I going to believe what I see right now? See, Jesus healed a boy that was possessed by an impure spirit. In Mark 9, 14 to 27, it says this. When they, came, when, they, when they came to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd around them, and the teachers of the law arguing with them. As soon as all the people saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with wonder and ran to greet, greet him. What are you arguing with them about, he asked. 
a man in the crowd answered, Teacher, I brought you my son, who is demon-possessed by a spirit that has robbed him of his speech. Whenever it, whenever it seizes him, it throws him on the ground, and, it foams, and he foams from the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. See, I asked your disciples to drive out this spirit, but they could not. See, I believe those disciples had faith because they were walking with Jesus, and Jesus, uh, 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 Jesus, okay? See, Jesus replied with this, you unbelieving generation, Jesus replied, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring me the boy. Bring him to me. So they brought him, and when, when the Spirit saw Jesus, listen to this, when the Spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into convulsion. He fell on the ground, rolled around, foaming at the mouth. Did the same thing it did to the, 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 the disciples as well, right? The disciples prayed for him and he fell on the fire or fell on the ground convulsed, but it did the same thing when Jesus came up to him. But Jesus' response was different. Jesus' response was, okay, how long, is this, how long has he been like this? Take note, how long has he been like this? Oh, okay, how long? From childhood, he answered. It often throws him into the fire or water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. Jesus says, if you can, everything is possible for one who believes. Immediately the boy's father exclaimed and says, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. See, he did believe, but he's like, Jesus, okay, I believe in you, man. I've heard about you. I've heard of the many wonders you've done. I've heard of you, you, you opening blind eyes. I've, I've heard of you raising the dead. But please, right now, what I'm seeing in my situation, help my unbelief. See, help me. Help me, help me take what I see and just believe in what you have done and you have already done. Amen? When Jesus saw the crowd was... When Jesus saw that the crowd was running to the scene, he rebuked the impure spirit. You deaf and mute spirit, he said, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. The spirit shrieked, convulsed him violently and came out. The boy looked so much like a corpse that many said he is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand, lifted him up to his feet, and he stood. Amen? Amen. See, there can be, belie- there can be faith and unbelief present at the same time, but what are we going to believe? Amen. Even the man was like, man, I, I believe this stuff. I-, I have faith, but I just help my unbelief, Jesus. See, God- God's motive is always to heal. Right? We we heard JP said it. His motive is always to heal. We can be motivated by what we see, or we can be motivated by what the Word of God says. Right? What does God say about the situation? Are we going to draw the line in the sand and say, am I healed or not? What did Jesus say? Am I saved or not? What did Jesus say? If I, if I confess with my mouth and believe with my heart, he says that I'm saved. Am I going to believe that? Or, 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 or am I just going to be like, well... You know, I'll believe that, but I won't believe that he, he heals everyone because my situation is different. See, the only if in that statement was if you can believe or not. If we can believe. Amen? It sounds so simple, but when we are faced with the mountain, you will not be able to have faith. You will not be able to believe if you haven't spent time with the one and only. Amen? Because once you've spent time with the lion, you look like the lion. Once you've spent time with the lion, you act like the lion. The reason why that girl had boldness that day to stand up out of, a, out of her wheelchair is because she has been spending time, even if it was a brief time, with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and as bold as a lion... That wasn't her necessary. It was, it was God's boldness in her that rises up within her because it's already been in her. And she rose up to walk. 
Amen. If you can believe, can we believe today? Why is belief so important? Because if you can believe, all things are possible. I know that, that, that saying gets thrown around a lot, but all things are possible. Yeah, amen, hallelujah, everybody raises their hand. No, but if you can, Jesus says it, if you can believe, all things are possible. Your health, your wholeness, your prosperity, your, name it. Amen? See, and that's where God wants us to live. In the realm of what's possible through him and him alone. You know, through him and him alone. See, sometimes in our own ability, we may not be able to do something. But in God's ability, listen, in God's ability, in God's ability, in God's ability, we're able to do all things. It's God's ability. See, I'm not trying to get you guys healed. I'm not trying to get anybody healed who I pray for. No, I'm just doing what God calls me to do and lay hands on them. I let God do the rest. See, that takes all the pressure off me. And I go, God, here you go. Amen. That just, man, that frees my soul. When I don't have to perform. I don't have to perform be like, all right, man, I'm going to conjure up all, you know, I can do this, man. I can do this. All right. Nothing's happening. God. Amen. Just God. See, that, that, that point of contact is just, hey, right now we're going to believe together that Jesus already took care of you 2,000 years, years ago on the cross. And as we hear that, we get revelation. And it becomes clearer and clearer and clearer as we spend time with God. See, even Jesus could do little in his own hometown because of unbelief. Mark 6, 4-6, it says, But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his own country, among his own relatives, and in his own house. Now he could do no mighty work there except that he laid hands on a few sick people and healed them. And he marveled of their unbelief. Then he went about, listen, see, he marveled about their unbelief. Like, man, this is amazing. Like, they've probably heard about me, but because they know me, they're like, oh, this is the carpenter's son. Or he's a carpenter. He, it's Jesus. We know him. We played soccer with him like four years ago. See, he marveled at the, that unbelief. And you know what Jesus did right after that? I've been missing this the whole time I've been reading this story. And God showed me this this week. He goes, then he went about to villages in a circuit teaching. He goes, I got to teach these guys. They got to hear the word of God. Right? I'm going to go to a, I'm going to just circuit teach. And I'm going to, I'm going to go over here and I'm going to teach health and wholeness. I'm going to go over here and teach the kingdom. I'm going to go over here and, 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 and declare peace. I'm going to go over here and raise the dead. I'm going to go over here and, 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 and cast out demons. Amen. See, it's, it's, it's not a matter. It, it's, it's the word of God. See, I, this sitting beside my, my bed table it, it does nothing for me. I can tell everybody in this world that I believe, but unless I spend time with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, it's useless to me. I can give my life to Christ, but if I do nothing with it, I help no one but myself. And we're called to a hopeless generation, we're ho or a hopeless world, a lost and dying world, aren't we? The text says in verse 5, it says, because of their unbelief, Jesus could do no miracles. He could do no miracles because of, the, because of their belief on uh, the wrong believing. They believed in... in, in it's something contrary to what Jesus says. It didn't say that, it, that he, he would not do any miracles. It appears that Jesus didn't have a choice in the matter. This means that unbelief, listen, unbelief may be able to withstand the love and power of God. Imagine that. Jesus, it, Jesus was there to heal, but he couldn't. Because it says, because of their unbelief. Oh, man. I'm so glad we got the word to get in and dive into and, and, and understand. Amen. He's given us a good tool, hasn't he? he oh. See, unbelief has real power. See, the people themselves were responsible for the amount of power that went through him on their behalf. Their unbelief withstood God's power. 
Isn't that crazy? Their unbelief withstood God's power. God's, you know what? God will honor unbelief. See, God's not going to make you believe. See, God will get, you, get to the truth to you. He'll get, to the, get the truth to you over and over and over. Believe me, he did that until 22 years old. He's like, Chris, okay, this guy, I'm going to send him over here and teach me about the gospel, and then, okay, oh, that didn't work, all right. So, but you know what? He won't make you believe. Will he? He'll honor that. He'll, okay, all right. Well, I mean, if, if you don't believe, now, I know, I know God can do anything, and he will. Amen? Amen? But he's not going to make you do anything you, you don't want to do. That's the awesome thing about our God. He goes, here's truth. Choose. He says, I set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. But I'll give you the answer to the test if you'd like. Choose life. Why not? Amen? Praise the Lord. I'm going to skip ahead a little bit because uh, I got more notes than uh, there's a lot in me. My goodness. I'll st- I'm going to read Luke 17, 5 and 6 here. It says, The apostles said to the Lord, Increase our faith. So the Lord said, If you have faith as a mustard seed, and you do, Amen, you can say to this mulberry tree, Be pulled out by its roost, roots, and it will, be obey, it will obey you. See, Jesus says it's not a matter about having all this faith because he, Jesus knows that you have all faith. He says, if you could just muster up a little bit of faith, if, you could just, if I could just say, hey, you know, give, give, give you a little bit of a, a, you know, a visual. See this mustard seed? It's so tiny, okay? If you could just muster up that much. Listen, you could move mountains. Oh, Really? Wow. Do you know when, this, when, you, when you plant this seed, it grows into the, the biggest plant where, tree, where, 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 where birds could actually land on this plant? Man, if you could just... See, he's given him a glimpse. He's given it... Because once you've got a glimpse, it starts opening up. Oh, wow, if I can do this. Well, Jesus said I could do this. Oh, man, if Jesus says, like, I can, I can believe him for healing. Well, then I can believe him for my finances. If, if I can believe him for my finances, I can believe him for my neighbor. And if I can believe for my neighbor and my finances and my health, well, I can believe, right? Amen? Oh, man, we, we, man, we, own, man, we have a good God. There's two things that can happen in your heart when we're faced with an obstacle in our lives. We can either, either believe God and what he said or doubt God of what he said. Right? What are we going to do? So how do, we under, how do we overcome this unbelief? How, how, like we, how do you? Okay, how do, we un, how do we overcome unbelief? Well, by knowing God's will. When you know it's God's will to heal, oh man. Or when you've got a revelation of God's will to heal, no one can, no one can take that from you. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. See, when we hear God's voice, and you can't deny that. Amen. And when when you've seen the lion, you can't deny that. And when you've felt that boldness that girl felt, you cannot deny that. And when you've seen someone raised from the dead, you can't deny that. And when you've seen someone who's been blind and now can see, you cannot deny that. And when you've seen Jesus, when you've experienced Jesus, you cannot deny that. So when the devil does come to kill, steal, kill, kill and destroy, he can't because he's got you've got the word rooted. Like we were talking about in the morning, in the morning or in the in church day, you got the word rooted and grounded in your in your heart so deeply that you can't pull it out. Amen. See, ignorance is the devil's playground. He knows if you can keep if he can keep you from knowing all that belongs to you, he has you. See, a lack of a lack of of, of knowledge results in unbelief. See, if you don't know that you're healed. When someone says, oh, yeah, Jesus will heal some, but not all. Oh, yeah, that makes sense because I'm not healed right now. And, uh, you know, that guy got healed. But if you know it's God's will to heal all, then you can say, no, I'm not going to accept that. It says in his word that all, all, all are healed. He heals all. Not just one or two. No, all. 
I know what the word all means. I'm not going to go to the dictionary and, 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 and tell you guys all about it. All means just all. Amen. Y'all. Amen. So, man, I love God. Whoa. See, a lack of knowledge results in unbelief. We need to know his promises and hang on to him no matter what. Yeah, if you pray and you don't feel it right away, of course you want to doubt. It's the first thing that wants to come. Well, I don't know if I'm really... Man, there's been times when I'm like praying and I'm like, I don't even know why I'm praying because like, there is no way... Like, I've actually prayed and people are like, man, you look sick. I'm just like, oh yeah. <laughs> Amen, thank you Jesus, hallelujah. You know, but, but when you've been with the lion, you act like the lion. Amen. I'm not, I'm not saying just, you know, fake it and claim it. No, you know what the word of God says. Man, if you know what the word of God said, it don't matter what people say. It don't matter what people see. Because you're rooted and grounded in what God says about you. What does it say? You've been healed. Amen. By his stripes, you've been healed. Amen. Amen. Another way to overcome unbelief is reject fear. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known by God. The basis of all unbelief is fear. If you don't deal with it, it'll begin to work in your mind, and we'll be able to. And it'll what it'll do. It'll, you'll question whether God's word is true. Well, I don't feel healed, so therefore, am I healed? That's why it's important to know his will. Because those thoughts come. I'm a human. Those, those thoughts come to me. But I know enough to know the word says different. And I'm going to believe that. You know, it's impossible to worry and trust God at the same time. Worry is a form of unbelief. It causes us to doubt God's love and his ability to come through. That was weird. So it's impossible to worry and doubt at the same time. Amen. When you're like, thank you, Jesus, you're my healer. Hallelujah. I thank you that you've, you've, you've raised me up for this generation. I believe that I've got healing hands. Lord, I pray that everybody that I laid hands on is healed. Because not because of what I do, because what you do. And then worry and unbelief comes. No, I don't think so. What does the word of God say? You're healed. Amen. Fear will want to creep in. The Israelites, listen to this, the Israelites could not even enter the promised land because of, lack of unbe or because of unbelief. God said, rise up and take the land. He said, rise up and take the land, you guys. This is your land which I've given you. Man, this is your land. Hey, guys, your land. All you got to do is follow me. Man, I'll be the light in the dark and the cloud in the day. Just follow me, okay? Then they get to the spot where they're supposed to cross and they can't. Why? Because they're believing something contrary than what God said. Remember when God said, I'm going to take you to the land of milk and honey? I'm going to take you there. This is your land that I've been given you. And then what do they see? Man, we're grasshoppers in their sight. Oh man, there's giants in the land. That's not our land. Oh my word. What did God say at the beginning? He said, this is your land. What did God say today? This is your healing. This is your Jesus. I've given you Jesus. Well, I don't know. This is your Jesus. Amen? Gosh, I'm not trying to just get you hyped up, man, but there's faith in this message. I, man, when I talk about God, I get a little bit hyped up, and you know what? That's me. I, I can't help it because I love Jesus. And I know, man, that first video, I'm telling you what, I was welling up. There is something. I don't know. There is something about when people get the revelation of God, when people get a revelation of healing, a revelation of life, there's something that wells up in me and I can't, I, I, I well up. I'm like, man, God is so good. And, and, and when, when I see the light click on with people, man, I'm just like, Lord, help me. It's getting windy in here. <laughs> no, I'm, I just woke myself in the eye. I'm okay. Oh, it's, it just moves me. God wants you healed. See, we have promises too. A promise of entering God, a promise of entering God's rest, a promise of being healed, a promise of, a pro, uh, to, of being prosperous in all things. Amen. 
Those are our promises. How am I doing for time? Pretty good? All right. I got one, just one more, and I'll close with this. Overcoming unbelief. This is the last one. There's more. I just wrote, now, it's not three, here's three things, and you do them. No, it's just, I, I, they're just three points. That's all. I didn't even have to put numbers on them, but I did today, and then I put them in bold just so for myself. But, you know, you just you know, take it as it is. Number three, overcome unbelief by believing in God's love. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love. And he who abides in his love abides in God, in God in him. Notice the phrase, believed the love. We have known and believed the love. We're not talking about just any love, but the love, the love, the love. Because God is love. He doesn't have love. He doesn't just give love. He is actually love. Amen? The love of God is so powerful. It's such a powerful force that it has provided you with an abundant life. His love is so powerful. He is, there's so much love is emanating out of him that he's provided you with an abundant life already. We just have to tap into what's already inside here. How? By knowing his will. Amen? See, the children of Israel had all just been miraculously delivered by love himself from a horrible, nightmarish existence, and they believed Moses, sent by God, was trying to kill them. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that crazy? People today often say, I think the same kind, or people today often say things of the same kind. I know I believe you have, you have to be poor in order to truly serve God. You, you just need no, like you got to be really poor to serve God. Like, like you know, people got to see you and, and they got to be like, man, that guy is poor. He must love Jesus. See, some people believe that. You know, so, some, so, sometimes it may be like this, God put sickness on me you know, to just teach me something. You know, that's not God's will. I'm, I'm telling you right now, there ain't no way on this earth that I'm going to give my life to someone that's going to be like, mm, I'm going to teach you a lesson today. I'm going to teach you a lesson today, Chris. That was a good message today you preached. But they're going to see you tomorrow just sicker than a dog. Okay? And you're going to get some revelation out of this. There ain't no way I'm going to serve a God like that. But I will serve a God that says, I have died for you so that you don't have to go to hell. I have died for you because I love you. I created you for such greatness on this earth. I'm, not, I'm talking about all you. Man, I, I've, I've called you to the generations. I have such a plan and a purpose in your life that if you would just take the first step, oh, man, I can't show you at all because you'll be freaked out and you'll run away. But if you take this step, I'll show you what could happen. Amen. I'll serve a God like that, amen. I will serve him every day and I will take that step. It will be scared sometimes, but I will take it. Amen. You spend time with the lion, you become the lion. God is love, and he never puts sickness on anyone. He has never put poverty on anyone. God is love, and he hates sin. That's why in Mark eleven twenty two it says, Have faith in God. We know God is love. So what is the verse also saying? Have faith in love. Amen. Have, have faith in love. And God loves you. God loves me. And he wants you healed. That, that's his desire. But sometimes we get in the way and we're like, well, I don't know, God. You know everything. But today I don't feel it. God's saying, man, I, I already did it. So when you're ready, you're healed. When you're ready to believe it, you're healed. Amen. 
And it's a progressive realization of that. When we get into his word, it illuminates and illuminates and illuminates. And the, and the greater revelation you get on that, the, 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 the harder and stronger your foundation is. Amen? I'll close with this. You can overcome belief when you know God's will and believe it without a doubt. Refuse to fear and receive the unending love of God. You will overcome unbelief and receive what you desire. Jesus of Nazareth doesn't want you to have to depend on the government, your job, or even your family. He wants you to depend on him and only him. Amen? There's nothing you can't have when you believe. That's what Jesus said. Those aren't the words of Chris Mitchell. Those are the words of Jesus. So let's believe him. Amen? Amen. I think we're going to... Are, are we doing a song? Afterwards, um, I would like to... I want to pray for everybody. Um, yeah. We'll, we'll do some little bit of praise and worship. Or do you want to pray right now? Get up there. All right. Dot, do you want to come up and lay hands? Is there anybody today that come that came to healing school and you know what I want to I want to I need help. There's something in my body that I just want agreement with. We're we're up here. We're going to agree with you that it's taken care of. Amen. Um, come on up. If if you're here today and you heard something that 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 JP or myself taught or said and you're like, "Man, you know what? I just I I just want to I just I just want to be prayed for. And we'll pray for you then too. If you, if you just want a touch of heaven, come up here. We'll give you that too. But today, Jesus, not only today, but everywhere you go, Jesus is with you. You come up, we'll pray for you, but know this. It's just like flicking on a light in your house. It's just realizing that Jesus is with you all the time. Amen. Amen.